Hey authors, welcome back to another podcast episode. My name is Daria White and in this episode, this is a follow-up on backstory. Now the only reason I'm doing a follow-up on this is because I'm seeing a lot of it as I'm working with my critique partners and it's not a bad thing. So don't feel like it's a bad thing. But I will be referring to, once again, Sandra Gertz's guide, Show Don't Tell, in this episode about backstory, because she does have a chapter on how to handle it. And I did refer to this in the previous episode, if you want to go back and listen to that one, but I want to go ahead and reiterate it again, because I'm seeing a lot of it with the recent manuscript that I have been looking over to critique. And while the information can be important, You have to ask yourself, is it needed here? And if you also want to look at a YouTube video, I have also looked at Ellen Brock. She's pretty well known on the YouTube channel. I believe she's a novel editor. I haven't watched all of her videos, but the few that I have watched, I do look at those to help in terms of writing tips and things like that. So you can look for her, Ellen Brock, B-R-O-C-K. But how do you reveal backstory again? Well... One tip that I have found to be most helpful is using triggers, but I will refer to again what Sandra's guide says about this. Backstory kills the suspense. Backstory is whatever happened before your first chapter or your prologue. So whatever happened before you started typing, that's considered backstory and it kills suspense if you dump too much too soon because backstory isn't story. Your readers want to find out in the present what is happening currently right now in your story and if it's dumped on readers too much too soon it can slow down your pacing and it can take your reader out of the story and because I hate to admit as I was reading I kind of felt myself a little dazed a little bit and I kind of found myself wandering and you don't want your readers to wander you want them to stay engaged as much as possible as they're reading your book because you want them in that space of oh my gosh I can't put this book down it's so good so don't be afraid of unanswered questions that's Sandra Gerf's first tip and you may remember this from the last episode don't be afraid if you're mentioning something and your character's like well wait a minute why okay what's going on here you're like you want to strike those questions why you want to strike enough questions to where they'll go to chapter two and then chapter three chapter four and so on however many chapters you have you want to strike enough questions in that first 25 percent of your book the way Kay and Waylon describes it that your hook your inciting incident you want to strike enough questions in that area to where it propels your reader to read the rest of your story so don't be afraid if you mention something and your reader is questioning what's going on that's what you want and I know we feel like well I have to explain this I want them to understand why this is going on like I want them to understand why James is so commitment phobic I want them to know that he was abandoned as a child and he was an orphan and I want them to know that he was an abuse you may all of that is important and vital information because your backstory or your character's past that's what makes them who they are if your character for like kind of like I said if James is commitment phobic yes it could have something to do with him being abandoned as a child it could have something to do with him losing his mom at a young age it could have something to do with his fiance dumped him the day before their wedding that's all important information but your reader doesn't need to know that in chapter one in the first paragraph so you want to stretch that out a little bit and have them seeing him I don't know maybe acting like a jerk towards a woman and your reader's like okay he has an attitude problem what is up with him that propels hopefully they'll read (laughs) you still want to make him likable even if your character does have flaws still make them relatable to even if your reader does not like them there have been plenty of books that I've read that I just did not like the character but because 
the author was able to convey it in such a way I was able to understand like okay I don't like your attitude but now I understand there's been a little bit of backstory so a little bit here and there is fine but you want to anchor your readers first in that first part of your book you want to get them engaged and have them solid enough in and and involved in your story to where like I said they want to keep reading so don't dump large blocks of backstory on your reader reveal only bits of backstory that are important to the present So again, if it's triggered, let's say, for example, your character is driving down the street and they come to a stop sign, but they hear tires screeching in the background. Okay, that sets them off and they kind of feel a little apprehensive. An accident doesn't happen, but let's say that kind of made them anxious a little bit and their palms start to get a little sweaty. Well, that could be your trigger right there. Maybe they lost their spouse in a car accident. Maybe their spouse was driving, they got hit by a drunk driver, and the car sideswapped them, and the wife survived, but the husband didn't. So now every time she hears tires screeching, she automatically reverts back to that. So that what... <laughs> I, came, I came up with that on the spot. I'm proud of myself. Woo! But... <laughs> See how that was triggered? Tire screeching can trigger something. So again, use the five senses. Your taste, smell, touch, sight, hearing. Use the five senses to bring backstory into fruition for you. So in that particular example, it was hearing. Maybe she sees something. Maybe she sees a red rose. Maybe she's uh, walking around in the flower shop with her best friend and she sees a red rose and she gets teary-eyed. Well, why does she get teary-eyed? Maybe that was the last present her husband gave to her on their anniversary. She loved red roses. So a red rose triggered her remembering her husband and their last anniversary. So use triggers. You want to use, uh, Sandra calls it again, the iceberg principle. Only give them a little bit. And even if you do a flashback, don't make it a long paragraph. Don't even make it a long page. And I highly discourage you using italics because I mean, I don't know why, but I've been encouraged not to do that. Every author is different. I have read some books where people do italicize and it works, but you really don't want to do that. You kind of want to avoid that. Well, at least I do. Some people say it's good to break the writer rules. Hey, if it works for your book, it works for your book. But for me personally, I know it can mess with the eyes. And if it's too long of a passage, it, it just doesn't work for me. So I avoid that. So again, turn the backstory into the story by bringing the past into the present. Reveal backstory uh, Reveal backstory through dialogue. Forgive me, you guys. It's been a long week <laughs> so far. <laughs> I'm trying to rest. I'm using the spring break to try to, try to rest, but it has been... Um, it has been a tough uh, last week. I wasn't feeling too good. So if you're hearing that, I'm sorry, getting tongue-tied here. But reveal backstory through dialogue. Your characters could be talking. For example, for the wife, maybe they're in the flower shop and she's talking to her best friend and she grabs the red rose and her friend's like, what's... And But then her friend's like, oh my gosh. Like, for example, I'm using the, the name Ava. The Ava keeps coming to mind. So she's like, oh, Ava, I'm so sorry. And, and then Ava could be like, yeah, he used to give me a red rose every year for our anniversary and he knew it was my favorite. So you can review it through... You can reveal it through dialogue here. So she does give examples in her book. And she does list flashbacks as an option for you to reveal backstory. But again, you don't want to use it for too long and you want to use it sparingly. And keep the, uh, see, do not use flashback scenes in the first third of your novel. So do not use it in the first few chapters of your novel. So I'm going to have to go back and do mine. So believe me, I'm learning this as I'm telling you guys this. Make sure your flashback follows a powerful scene in the present. Build in triggers at the start of a flashback. Immediately orient your reader in time and place. 
Let them know how far you've jumped back, like 10 years ago, five months ago. Let them know how far you've gone back and use transition words. Use verb tense to signal the start and the end of a flashback. So this is where you would use past perfect, like your had seen, had heard. And then, now you don't have to do that for the full flashback. Maybe use a few hads, maybe a couple times, maybe three times. And then you could write the rest of your scene in past tense, but then transition it back to the present. Like, and now, or another good one would be, you know, presently or currently. You could do that. You can do that as well to bring your readers back to the present. And she even lists here, Sandra, don't use italics to set off flashbacks because they can be hard to read. So you shouldn't use them for long sections. And then avoid flashbacks within flashbacks. I haven't done that before. I have yet to read a book that has done that. But don't put a flashback within a flashback. That's that's too much. Some, again, some authors use prologues if you want to use a prologue. But, um... That's, I think that's up to the author when it comes to prologues. I have said that before. I have used prologues before. So if it's absolutely necessary and you feel like it is necessary, go ahead and use it. But again, this was just a quick follow-up or a reiteration of backstory. Again, I know we want to explain everything, but just remember, you don't have to. (laughs) That's the whole point of your book. You don't want to draw conclusions for your reader. You want them to experience it firsthand. So this does take practice. So continue to work at it. And the more you work at it, the better you will get at it. Me, myself included, because sometimes I still do it. And my editor's like, Daria, you're info dumping. And I'm like, okay, fine. But I love that scene. But you got to cut it out. (laughs) You got to cut it out. So I hope you guys are having an awesome day. Hope you're having an awesome spring break. Have an awesome rest of your week. I will be back with another episode. Not sure what we're going to talk about then, but I'll let you know. But remember, if you wrote a book, it is already unique because you wrote it and no one can write a book like you. So God bless and I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.